learn that I know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. May God give you that kind of a heart and ears to hear from him, so that your heart become obedient to his word. Amen. Uh, we are on a 21 days fast in our church. So I decided uh, I needed to talk about fasting. And uh, so the message this morning is going to be about fasting. Uh, Hopefully, the message will convince you about why we fast, convince you to start fasting before God so that it becomes a part of your Christian living. Is so important. Talk, that's what the message is going to be about this morning. You have to look, when you look at scripture, God is always looking for an opportunity to bless somebody. You may think we pray to try to convince God to please bless me. No. God's looking for an opportunity to bless you. That's who He is. He is full with everything that's precious that you can think about. And He wants to bless somebody. God's constantly looking to bless somebody. And what it is, is there are things that are stopping Him from reaching us. And God says, I need you to position yourself so that I can bless you. I want to bless you. That's the God that we serve. And that's what we said last Sunday. God said, I believe it was, it was um, Acts chapter 3. God, after he raised Jesus from the dead. Not before. After he raised him from the dead. He sent him back to bless you. So God's always looking to bless. And Jesus teaching us how to position ourselves so that we can receive his blessings. And fasting is one of those things. Jesus expects every Christian to fast. So the scripture doesn't say, if you fast. Matthew 6 verse 16 says, when you fast. And so God gives us certain things in Matthew chapter 6. To do as Christian good works, some graces for us to fulfill as Christians so that he can reward you. So he says, when you do a charitable deed, not if you do a charitable deed. It's not the doing of the charitable deed that is important. You are actually giving God an opportunity to bless you. When you do, not if you do. So if you have understanding and you want to follow what God's saying, then you know He's told you to do a charitable deed. Do it, He says, your fa- do it in secret for God's benefit alone. Don't matter if people see it or not, but guess what God does? He rewards you openly. So you doing it is for Him to be able to have the opportunity to reward you openly so the people can see that he's blessing you. He's just looking for an opportunity to bless you. 
And it says, when you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. Do it in this way to give God an opportunity to reward you. And when He rewards you, He rewards you openly. And then He ended by saying, when you fast. Not if you fast. And he says, don't do it this way. Don't do it like the hypocrites do. Because you lose your reward from God. You don't want reward from men. You want my reward. If you do it my way, I will reward you. So fasting is for God to reward you. God's just looking for an opportunity to bless you. And so when you fast, it's not God says, he's hungry and I'm happy. Because he's hungry. No, that's not the God we serve. He's not interested in you suffering. He, you, he's positioning you if you obey so that he can have the opportunity to show you his goodness. And when he does it, he rewards you openly. Why? Because he wants everybody to see that he's blessing you. That's the thing about fasting. That's what God wants to do about fasting. It's for our benefit. So what you need to do as a Christian, add fasting to your daily Christian living, the way you live. It's not something that you just do over and on. Let it be a part of your Christian living. Just like prayer. Just like attending Bible study or going to a Christian conference or reading a book, or reading the Bible. Jesus wants it to be a part of your life, your Christian living. We should. You know, the, the, let me go into the nature of fasting. Now, all the Bible writers, I mean, uh, scripture writers, inspired writers from the Old Testament into the New Testament, they all talked about fasting, in this simple sense, not to eat or to abstain from food. So if you don't fast TV, that's not fasting. It's something has, it has to do with food. And you can do it in different ways. Now, the most common type of fasting that the Bible tells us of is one day fasting. You know how it's done? Mo- from morning till evening. Morning till evening. That's the most common type of fasting you find in the scriptures. And I'm going to show some of the examples. And God mocked mighty works. From morning till evening. Most ancient Christians, or um, the ancient Christians were told, they practiced this type of fasting. That's what, what they did. And they did it two times a week. On Wednesday, on Wednesdays and on Fridays. From morning to night. And that's throughout the year. That's how they fasted. The ancient Christians also included another type of fast. They called it half fast. And what, do, what they'll do is they will start fasting in the morning. And at three o'clock after services, then they eat. They call this half fast. That's how they fasted. Both in the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, they fasted. You can read scriptures. It was a part of their Christian living. Read about Hannah, uh, Simeon, those of them waiting for Jesus when he showed up in the, te- in the temple. They were waiting and fasting. So fasting is a part of our Christian living. 
the early Christians practiced it. No wonder they had so much power and understanding. We cannot let that go. So fasting is very, very important. Now let me go into the grounds for fasting. Grounds for fasting. Now, the number one ground is when people are in deep affliction. I mean, they've been there. Something has happened. It's so painful. And you're hurting really bad. Some people in the Bible, in Bible days actually fasted without intending to fast. They were going to, to, uh, through so much pain, food was not it. They were not thinking about eating. They were not thinking about drinking. They were focused on their problem. Deep affliction, sorrow of heart. People fasted that way. And, and God will respond when they fast that way. You read in, um, in um, Acts chapter 27, Paul and the others were in the sea, and there was a serious storm. And they were sure they were going to lose their lives. I mean, they were sure this is all it. And Paul was among them. And you know, for 14 days, not, they were not even Christians. They, were, they didn't eat. They had food with them, but they, no one was thinking about eating. They were concerned. They were in deep sorrow. We're going to die. And Paul was with them. They wouldn't eat. But you see, even though they were in that situation, they knew Paul was a man of God. They knew that. I'm sure they were looking at him, but he had warned them before. They didn't see what was coming. And they were looking to him. Everyone was, I'm sure Paul didn't say he was eating. So Paul wasn't eating. No one was eating. Hello. And they were sure they were going to die. But God sent his angel to talk to his servant Saul, Paul. I'll save them all of them. And then Paul said, you guys have been fasting for so long. You need to eat. They still will not eat. And then when they saw him eating, they said, well, I guess his angel must have spoken to him. We'll eat too, Okay. Paul said, you need it for your strength. You need the food. Deliverance is on its way. Amen? Deliverance is on its way. When you fast, you are calling for deliverance on the way, and God will send his angel. Another, type of, another time when we fast, another ground is when, you, when people have uh, been in a, a serious moral, uh, moral failure in their lives, they've done something wrong, and, and now it's, you're, it's looking at you in the face. There's a lot of shame and you don't know what you're so pained by what happened. And you, food is the last thing in your mind. And you can read that in Acts chapter 9. Paul, as Paul, from a Saul, he was actually destroying the Christians, causing them so much pain. But he thought he was doing something good for God. And persecuting them. And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared to him and said, You are persecuting me. He had heard, Paul had heard about Jesus. He knew he died. But he didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead. Now, he was confronted with the same Jesus that he thought was dead. And the same Jesus speaking to him. And the Bible says, for three days, three days, he ate nothing and he drank nothing. I don't think Paul was thinking about fasting. 
He was in deep sorrow for what he had done. Hello? God, how could I have done this? What happened? How did I turn into this kind of a man to have done something like this against your son? And you know what God did? He gave him a revelation of his future. Actually, God gave him a dream, a vision. He says, look, there's a guy named Ananias. He's going to come and he's going to lay his hands on you and you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You will speak in tongues and guess he's going to tell you the stuff I have prepared for you. Your future. Amen. When you fast, whether in deep sorrow or or affliction or because of your sin, God will show up and give you a dream of your future. Another ground for which we fast is when we fast because we just want to do that, just like we're doing. We want to be close to God. Amen? To make more room for prayer, okay? I mean, you know, it takes a while. I think my wife and I were preparing things for my kids yesterday. I think we spent maybe about two hours or more just preparing food. Well, if you're fasting, there's no need for that kind of time, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So you have more time for God, right? And that pleases Him. Amen? That you've set everything aside, including food, just to seek Him. And when you do that, God wraps His hands around you and lifts you up to the third heaven to be with Him. Guess what the result is? There is some kind of earnestness after that, a seriousness about the things of God when you come out of it. There is an earnestness inside of you. The things of the world begins to fade away. Your love for God begins to grow. Heavenly affection, more things of heaven, more things of Jesus. The music about God sounds good. And God begins to speak to you. You open the Bible and you can see things that you never saw before. Because your heart is so drawn now to God. This is all supernatural. How? Because Jesus said, when you fast. You have visions of God. Because at that point, God says, blessed are the pure in heart. For what? For they shall see God. When you do that, it's not that you are perfect, but your heart is pure towards God. You are searching for God, and God shows Himself, and you begin to see God in a different light. Call to me, and God says, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know nothing of. That's what fasting does for us. He changes your life. Moreover, you begin to have power with God. When He brings you into the third heaven, that's where signs and wonders become commonplace. When you fast, things become, become clear. Um, before we started this ministry, Angel and I, uh, we were so confused. Because I go to church, and I sit in our church. I love our church. My, I was a board member, Pastor Andy, uh, also board members there. And uh, we loved our church. 
I didn't want to go anywhere. I wanted to stay in church. I was an evangelist traveling around. But then the time came, I felt so uneasy in church. Hello? I, I mean, I travel around and when I come back, there are new people in church. They will say, welcome to our church. And then I say, I was here before you got here. So what was this welcome? I'm not a stranger. I just went out evangelizing. So don't welcome me. But then I was getting very uneasy. But the funny thing, I should be the one that's on. But Angela was also uneasy. And we were confused. So we went on a 40 days fast. That's the longest I will never go to. I think it's a bit. It was rough. But we were, we were looking for God. And you wonder, you think, how, will, how is God going? We just wanted to know what God wanted for us. That's all. Just show us what you want for us. And uh, in the midst of it, after three weeks, all I had, I best, at that time, probably all I had taken was just water. Well, I was desperate. And uh, after three weeks, my family called and said, we want you back in Nigeria. I said, why? They said, well, this is going to happen. Uh, something to do with uh, the president of Nigeria, and we want you there. I said, but, uh, you know, the Bible in those days, you, say, you don't want to reveal your, your fasting. I can't come. Well, we tell you we need you to come. So I got to go. I went, not eating all the way there. Uh, serving people drinks and food. It smells so good. I don't know, I'm telling you. The temptation was so great, you know. And no answer. No answer. Coming back to the U.S., no answer. You know how God replied, talked to me about what? A silly movie. I was bored in the plane. I decided I needed to watch. And it was a French movie that I was watching. And God decided to speak through a French movie to me about ministry. You go figure that out. But that's God. I knew because I was mad at the person I was watching. You, something is wrong with you. Why don't you do this? And God said, what's the difference between you and that fellow you are mad at on TV? He said, what? You're grown. Now get out. You need to go do the work that called you to do. No going back. Amen? God will show himself strong on your behalf. Now let me say this. Fasting is not the end is the means fasting is the means to something great with God fasting gets you to a place where God now puts in you the fulfillment of his commandment love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and with all your mind and the second commandment is like it love your neighbor as yourself that's Luke chapter 10 verse 27 that's what is important that's what is important to God your love your love for God and your love for your fellow man and fasting is a means to get you to that place where selfishness dies and your love for God comes alive, and your love for man and the work of God becomes a part of your life. Your, that's what the Bible talks about, dying to self. I don't know how God does it, 
But if you obey, something dies in you that was not needed to be in you, and something comes alive in you, so that your, your path will now begin to drip with abundance. You see, there are things that God has told us to do, so that He can bless us. Could it be that this fasting is that one thing, one path, that God has ordained for you that drips with abundance, but you've neglected it all along. Would you take that up today? Can I hear an amen? Just one day. Like the uh, ancient Christians, two days in a week, from morning till evening. And if you can't do that because you have a condition or whatever, why don't you try the half fast? It's not the intensity God is interested in, but you can crush that thing that is coming against your life just from one day of fasting. I'm telling you, because you obey. Remember what I said, obedience is the master key. You know what master keys are like? You can get into any room with your master key, right? Any room. You got the master key. Obedience is that master key. And believe me, when you decide, I'm going to do that, instantly God's watching. Because he watches over his word to perform it. And when you make up your heart to say, well, God said that, I'm going to try it. Guess what? Heaven gets on attention. Hey, that my daughter is thinking something good. That's what David said. My heart, my heart is indicting a good thing. You heard that scripture? And God sees it. My heart is indicting a good thing. And when you think about fasting for God, God says, whoo, that heart is indicting a good thing. You got his attention now. He's got to wait if you go through it. Many times, just thinking of it is not good enough. God told Abraham, give me that boy. Right? Abraham left. You think God will stop him on the way? Uh-uh. He got to the mountain. You think God says, Enough. Stop now. I know you will obey me. No. He had to put that boy on the altar. And he said, God, would you please stop me? No, kidding. (laughs) But no. Until he raised his knife. Then God said, okay, stop. You see, you can think about it. God doesn't see it. Until you step out and start doing it. Then he says, now I see. Then the reward comes. He rewards you openly. So it is actually a, a, a means to an end that will beautify your life. Amen? You want a beautiful life before God thinks I've been really messy for your life and you don't understand all these things coming against you? Why don't you try fasting? Maybe you prayed. Try fasting. Now, I recall a story I was reading. I almost I was reading this morning. I laughed to myself. It was real funny. Um... When the enemy comes against you, there's a situation. Uh, the, the 12 tribes of, uh, of Israel, the youngest tribe is Benjamin, right? And Benjamin had done something really bad that would defile the whole land. And, and the rest of Israel was mad. And they said, we, we, we'll punish Benjamin. That's the tribe of Benjamin. We'll punish them for what they've done. And, and, and then they went to God. And said, God, did you see what Benjamin did? We're going to punish them. And they said to God, how are we going to do this? 
uh, you want, what tribe do you want to go first? And God said, go ahead, let Judah be first. You know what Judah is? Send praise ahead of you. Hello? Judah means praise. Send praise ahead of you. And they didn't wait anymore, they left. And uh, uh, Benjamin, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, they had about 26,000 men to fight for them. And you know how many thousand men Israel had? 400,000 men to fight against this one tribe. You know, and, and that's uh, 26,000 men with about 700 men uh, among them, plus 700 men. Uh, they were left-handed and they'll kill anything that comes your way. They were Benjamins. They were tough people. Place from Saul. And so they, God said, now you can go. Send Judah ahead of you. And they went the first day to fight. Guess what? Uh, Benjamin came up and killed 22,000 of them. And they went back to God. They said, God, didn't you tell us to go? And, and they sat in the house of God. And they cried before God. And said, God, look, little Benjamin whipped us. What happened here? And they, got, they said, can we go again the next day? And God said, go up. You can go. Guess what? They went up to them and 18,000 got killed again. Now this time they came back and they were furious. They said, God, and they sat in the temple for the whole day. They sat for one day. They done that before the second, the second time. They sat the whole day and begged God and God told them to go. This, day, this time they wept before God, the whole tribe, the whole Israel, they wept before God. And, and you can find this in uh, Judges chapter 20, read the whole chapter. And they sat before God and, and they wept just like before. God was going on. But then the, the only difference, they proclaimed the fast. Hello? They proclaimed the fast before God. And then after they fasted, they cried before with that all that, that day till the evening. And they said, now God, can we go? And God said, you can go. This time, God added, I will deliver them into your hands. Can I hear an amen? amen? They fasted. Something different. I was looking. What thing was different in the way they approached God? Fasting. Just for one day. And you know what God did? Call to me and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Read that whole chapter. God gave them a strategy. How to defeat the enemy. When the enemy is coming against your life and you don't understand what he's doing and he's causing you so much trouble, you've prayed and it seems like nothing is changing, why don't you try fasting? Maybe for one day. It's amazing, the Christian world, all over the Christian world today, for some reason, all over the world, please, have a good understanding. Most churches around the world, after the uh, New Year's Day, the second day, they are fasting all over the world, 21 days. You think that's ordinary? Guess who is orchestrating it? The Holy Spirit. That's what's happening in the Christian world today. All over. Most churches, call the pastors, they are fasting right now. I'm telling you, all over the world. If I were you as a Christian, don't be out of it. Don't stay out of it. Do something. This place is real quiet this morning. What's going on? <laughs> I hope you're getting, you know, what I'm trying to do this morning, whether you shout or not, all I'm trying to do 
is I want you to believe and act on it. Because we are declaring this year as the year of God's goodness to your life and my life and to our church. Can I hear an amen? And we need to position ourselves. And this is one way you can do it. You may have a medical condition that doesn't allow you, but set your mind to do something. Amen? If we do it as a whole, just like the children of Israel did, the whole country, guess what? God will show up. Not just your individual situation, your children, the church, and everyone. Because God doesn't, most of the time, He's not dealing with an individual. He's dealing with the whole crowd of people. We can do this. How many say we can do it? Can I see your hand? We can do this. We can do this. If you need a turnaround, that's what you need to do. Amen? You need things to turn around in your life? Try this. Because Jesus said, if you do it right, you will not lose your reward. God's going to reward you. It has nothing to do with religion. Okay? This has to do with obedience to your Heavenly Father. Amen? Religion can be very, very bad. I don't know. Religious people are tough people. Hello? They killed Jesus, you know? <laughs> It's true. They were very religious. It can be very blinding. Because you think you're doing right, but you're doing the wrong thing. But obedience is to the Word. That's relationship with God. And God endorses that every time. You can never do a thing for God and He overlook it. Because He says in His Word, I didn't tell Jacob to serve me in vain. You don't do anything for God in vain. He's going to. He doesn't forget. He will never forget. He'll bless you if you would do according to His word. When you feel defeated, the thing to do is to fast. If you read in Second Chronicles. Um, Jehoshaphat the whole chapter please go back in this I just want to be free to talk about this so you can go back and say the scripture but there were three kings that came against him I mean it's one thing dealing with one king but when you got three kings coming against you with your armies that's really rough and you're a small tribe you know Judah Mansiah that was a country and the king and Ammon, the Ammonites, the king, as well as Moab, Moabites, they were coming against Jehoshaphat. And somebody came and told Jehoshaphat, look, you got armies of people. They're coming after you. There's no way you can take the mountains over. And he was really distressed. You know what he did? He called a fast for the whole country. He called a fast. I gathered everybody for a fast and prayer before God. And he was telling God, you know, we can't fight these people. There are so many, we can't deal with them. And as he did that, God began to give them his answer. He said, now, uh, there's a prophet there that told them, God's going to fight for you guys. And then the, 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 the Jehoshaphat called the people. It was time to go out to fight. And then they said, what do we do, prophet? Uh, put the singers ahead of you guys. Again, Judah. Amen? 
praise must always go first. Hello? If things are difficult, after you have fasted, the next thing, don't go at first of all. Praise God. Can I hear an amen? Praise God that He answered you. Even before the answer comes to you, start praising Him. Why? Because you know if you fast, He'll reward you. He, your answer is on his way. So God said, if you want to fight Jehovah, don't put those guys with their spears and their sword ahead. Put praise in front. Put the choir ahead of you. He says, these guys are coming to fight and they are choir in front of them. Are they not? But that's when God fights for you and defeats the enemy. And so the Bible says, Jehoshaphat told the people, he said, believe in God. And God will deliver us. Also trust the prophets. They spoke to us. And we will be prosperous. Let's go. And so they have the singers. And they were worshipping God. And, 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 and I'm sure, for some reason, uh, Moab and uh, Ammon, they said, these uh, people from, this is gospel according to good luck, okay? They said to themselves, uh, these people from Mansir, they stink. We got to kill them. He <laughs> says, God sent an ambushment against them. And so all of a sudden, these friends now, two of them gathered together and said, well, this, this army, let's kill these guys, they stink. And they killed all of the people from Mansir, killed all of them. And then when they got through killing all of them, they turned around you stink. And now they fought against each other and killed them. Killed themselves. And God, and, and, and these guys, all they were doing was worshipping God. Amen. Praising God. And standing and watching and wondering. They lost their minds or something. What's wrong with them? And guess what? They left all their goods on there. They didn't fight, but they gathered a lot. Silver and gold and all of that. See, that's the God that we serve. God can bring deliverance to us. You need favor. Maybe at work for promotion. You need somebody to help you. And they are not even looking your way. You don't even know if you can get their attention. Talk to uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah actually... Nehemiah actually had this read Nehemiah chapter 1 he was distressed because the gates of, uh, of uh, Jerusalem had been burned down and the walls thrown down and the people were, his people were in distress he asked what's going on with them and he was a wine bearer a cup bearer actually a cup bearer for, for the king and he had to be there and if you ask something for the king and he doesn't like it in those days, you might not live to see the next day. And so he said, after fasting, he said, I fasted before God. And I said, God, give me favor with this man. And then he talked to the man. And the king said, he gave him his cup. And instantly, God was speaking to the king. And the king says, you are sad about something. The guy said, instantly, I started praying. <laughs> this is trouble. And his king says, something is wrong. You have sorrow for this. Is, something is not right. You're not like this. You're always happy. Something is wrong. Now tell me what, what, what's going on. 
And he says, why should I not be sad because this has happened? And he says, okay, make requests. Tell me what you want. And he told him everything. Just tell me, I'll give it to you. Hello? That's the God we serve. He meets your need, gives you favor with him. Things have been difficult. You can't find a good job. Try fasting. It'll come to you. The king said, all I'm concerned is this. How long are you going to be away? That's all he was concerned about. How long are you going to go? I need you in my presence. Amen? They want you. I'll give you whatever you want. Just be in my presence. How long? Tell me. And the guy said, let me think about it. I'll tell you. Amen? Favor with God and favor with man can come when we fast before God. And he can deliver us. There is a story about from uh, Ezra. If you need protection from trouble, Satan is coming after you. And people are coming after you. And you know this is going to be rough. Now let me tell you this. I'm speaking God's word this morning. Amen? And I'm not speaking in vain. Because the God that I'm speaking of is right here. He's listening to you. Me and is listening to you, your heart, what you're listening because you're talking to yourself based on what you're hearing and you're making a decision what you're going to do. He sees everything. Everything is open and naked before the Word of God. The Word of God has eyes. He sees everything. And if you obey, as soon as you take that first step, God's already there. Amen? God's already there. You know, Ezra had boasted, you can read this, uh, Ezra chapter 8. He had boasted to the king, ah, you don't, we don't need any protection. Um, our God is able to protect us. And then now, he had so much gold and so much silver for the temple that the king and everybody that wanted to contribute to the building of the house of God, the wall, with him... Now he was scared. I'm going to, this is a long journey. Everyone knows that we have gold. But I can't go back to the king to ask for protection. I already told him our God can protect us. Guess what he did? He went on a fast. Amen? Read it. And guess what God did? He protected him. Fasting is so important. Let me close with this. You can obtain an, an unattainable blessing by fasting. Can I say that again? You can obtain an unattainable, in other words, it's impossible. Right? Blessing through fasting. Because it ushers you into a realm that's different from the ordinary. A supernatural realm where everything is possible. Everything. Nothing is impossible. And I use the scripture to back that for me, for, for you. The disciples had been given so much power. They had to cast out a demon and they tried it. They'd done that before. They were trying to cast out the devil and the devil would not go. They were wondering what happened here. And they believed they had faith. They believed they could do this. 
And when Jesus came, he said, what's going on? The father immediately spoke, look, my son was sick and I brought him to yourself, your disciples and they couldn't do anything. And, and uh, if you can do anything, at this time the guy was so discouraged, he wasn't looking for miracles anymore. These guys have been yelling and screaming at the demons for, for a while and nothing happened before Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and he was already down no faith anymore about what this man and Jesus could do. So he told Jesus, if you can do anything, help me. Jesus like, if I can do anything, it's up to you. If you believe, all things are possible to those who believe. He says, I believe. And please, if there is unbelief in me, help my unbelief. How many heard that scripture before? Yeah, sometimes I pray that way when things are really rough, okay? Help my unbelief. And immediately Jesus took it from there and healed that boy. But the disciples were not satisfied. I love the disciples. They got to learn. They went to him, Master, why couldn't we obtain that blessing of casting out this demon? What happened here? And Jesus told them, it was because of your unbelief. I'm sure they're thinking, Peter, did you hear that? He said, unbelief, we got faith. But fasting will take you to another level of faith that is not ordinary. It's different. Jesus said, however, this type will not go out except through fasting and prayer. So your fasting, because everything that you receive from God, you receive by faith, right? You can't get anything from God without faith. And it's the word of God that brings you to that place of faith. But then in this scripture, Jesus said, you need not just the word of God. Guess what else you need? Fasting. Just a little bit of fasting. To get you to a place where a blessing that is so far-fetched in your mind can instantly be available to you. I hope I have convinced you this morning. No, no, I shouldn't say that. I hope the Holy Spirit has convinced you this morning (laughs) that fasting is a good thing. Even if it's just for a short time. Even if it's just for one day. Maybe once a week during this time. I may not tell you this because God watches over His Word to perform it. If we do this as a church, something is going to happen to us in every area of life. Every. We are going to see things that we are going to be saying, what's going on? God, why are you blessing us so much? Amen. You are knocking us over with these blessings. What's happening? Are you sure we are okay? (laughs) We just want to be sure, God. Stand up with me this morning. That's exactly what's going to happen this year. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's exactly what's going to happen. Amen. It's not the intensity of fasting. It's the obedience. Amen? Just the obedience. And we want to be obedient to Him. We want to be obedient to Him. I don't know what you're doing with regards to fasting, but it's required. Make it a part of your Christian living. Uh, Most... To the year, Angela and I on Mondays, 
will fast until I find these other things. I think I might want to increase it throughout the year if I can, by the grace of God, two times in a week. From morning till evening, I can do that, I hope. <laughs> the hamburger smell is not going to off cause me problem. Okay? If you're going to join with me fasting, spending time with God, would you please raise your hand to God today and ask for that grace to be able to do that? This time we are dedicating our lives to God. If you are not a believer, you haven't given your life to Christ, while we are praying, why don't you do that? Tell God, I want to walk this walk with you. I need Jesus in my life. Just do that. Let's, in fact, let's say that prayer together right now. But for those of you that haven't made Jesus the number one person in your life, please say that with all of your heart and Jesus will take over. Dear God, say it with me. Dear God, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending your son into the world to die for my sins. Jesus, I welcome you into my life. Save my soul. I want to be one of yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen.